this is Ross Vayner with the Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 170, Inhuman Resources. Uh, we're going to be talking about Control, the SCP Foundation, and other evil-ish, uh, or maybe not necessarily evil, but usually evil, uh, giant corporate or government institutions and bureaucracies. Uh, we are getting closer to October, so, you know, we want to talk about horror. And uh, our guest this episode is Thad. Hey, this is Thad. <laughs> and uh, we both... Uh, so, so is it is it October Ross or is it Bureauctober? Ooh, uh, bureaucracy. That's, was, that's the joke I was. Yeah, making. it's a good. It's a good. It's a very spoopy joke. Don't patronize <laughs> me. <laughs> um, we've both been playing Control, uh, which is a game ripped out of my brain and stolen. Yeah, I'll be it is, if fu- if you have never been around Ross Payton or listened to games that Ross has run or had Ross recommend media to you. <laughs> Just play Control, yeah. and you will get that experience bundled all into one. Um, yeah, basically, it is very much uh, um, SCP Foundation uh, slash Ruin slash House of Leaves slash uh, Brutalist Architecture. Um, although um, it's not probably not <laughs> like if if Brutalist Architecture was angry at it's actually you. probably late modernist. Uh, uh, McMansion Hell had a great post of explaining what brutalism brutalism was and was not, and it actually turns out to be that there's a lot of styles people mistake as brutalism, but are not. You know, it's sort of like basically in the 50s. Yes, but if everyone calls it brutalism. Yeah, because it's concrete and it has squares. <laughs> like it's yes. more than that, it turns out. Um, there's a whole uh, bunch of uh, I concrete squares. defy that. <laughs> well, look, I'm not the expert. Uh, Kate Wagner at McMansion Hell is, so I will... Uh, try to link that. Uh, I guess shout out to that. I need to check back in with them. I, I've forgotten about that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, she was one of the first people I backed on Patreon. And I still do because you know, nice. it real good. Uh, so first of all, we do a bit of news. Uh, I just want to remind everybody the RPPR Patreon. Uh, we had a really good after hours episode recently. Uh, where Caleb and I went over Grim Tooth's Traps Two. Uh, and uh, discussed the. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that clip you you posted on your Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll put a link to the, 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 the uh, clip. Um, it's uh, going over one of the many traps in, uh, that we did discuss uh, in the episode. So if you haven't back, you can get that uh, for $2 a month. Uh, we also have early access episodes. Get episodes uh, a week early, uh, actual play episodes a week early. Or uh, at the $10 level, you get uh, the ac- online actual plays that I will run for people uh, or uh, other members of the RPPR cast or occasionally Jeff Barber. Uh, creator of the RPG Blue Planet and Upwind, uh, in fact. Uh, so, uh, and plus, you get to be on the Discord, talk with us, uh, and, ha- and ask questions of the RPPR cast for our uh, questing for answers bonus podcast for the Patreon. So, uh, a lot of cool stuff on there, uh, and we're working on more uh, cool stuff for the Patreon. Uh, so, be sure to. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, speaking of uh, horror and jokes and puns. Um, what do you call a where? What did the werewolf uh, YouTuber say to his uh, viewers? I don't know. Like and subscribe. God. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, we're actually trying out webcams just so we can see each other and uh, co- communicate better for the first yeah, time. Yeah, Ross got to see my. F- yeah. I'm. We're not in the same state, but Ross got to see my face upon hearing that. <laughs> it was. It was pretty good. Uh, so. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, we should talk about the main. So that's sort of the news uh, about RPPR. Uh, I, of course, I'm on Twitter shit posting and uh, making, you know, observations about RPGs. Uh, so check me out there at mm-hmm. Ross Payton. Uh, Thad is on. Oh, I am, yes, I am also mm-hmm. on on Twitter and intermittently on the Instagram uh, at Thaddeus Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so, and because that's, this is why I thought of you for this episode, because you've been tweeting because, about it. Because I started ranting about how control had been stolen from your Yeah, you added me. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like it, I mean, it stole from, um, the SCP Foundation way more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually a friend of mine, uh, uh, Vince, who is an editor for the SCP Wiki. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm mutuals with Vince on, uh, yeah. on, on the Twitter. Yeah. And he, he was complaining in a group chat recently <laughs> about like all these articles talking about, oh yeah, control is definitely influenced by SCP foundation, but they don't link to the wiki. They don't link to us. I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, I, I, on the one hand, I, I get that pain, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, like, if you don't, if you haven't, if you haven't been to the SCP foundation, what are you even doing on the internet? Well, I mean, why yeah if you're if you're if you're into the scp weekend foundation but you're really interested in control go, go there, or, go there yeah, right yeah now. basically that is the first thing in fact early shout out the scp foundation i don't know how you got this deep into <laughs> rppr without going there but go there well i mean yeah it's probably more for the casual control fan so uh control is yeah, a new video yeah, game yeah. out for all the big consoles and the uh, pc uh from remedy entertain remedy entertainment who did uh alan wake quantum break um Max Payne. Uh, and so basically, uh, you play uh, this woman, Jesse Faden, who comes into the Federal uh, Bureau of Control, the FBC, or is it the Federal Control? Mm, yeah, yeah, no, you're good. You got it. Um, and it's in New York City in this giant building that's invisible to people, except for people who can mysteriously find it. Uh, call- yeah. If you if you know where it is, you can find it. But otherwise, it, you you have to like stumble into it accidentally yeah. or or other various things. Uh, it's called the oldest house, and it's clearly some extra dimensional entity of its own right. You know, it's inf- it's much larger on the inside than on the outside. Very House of Leaves. Mm. And uh, the Federal Bureau of Control, um, they keep weird shit from destroying the universe, uh, and particularly America. Uh, so, mm. uh, and in the although I do feel. Um, and she's looking for her brother who's been kidnapped by the, 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 the bureau. And then, um, she gets a, basically a magic gun <laughs> and, uh, has to kill. <laughs> you'll, yeah, you'll see, like it happens pretty early. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> she has to fight off this invasion from an extra dimensional contagion memetic virus called the hiss. That's in turn turns people into like, uh, weird generic video game. Bad yeah. Guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a bit of annihilation, uh, the movie, uh, in it, mm. uh, in the fungal part. Um, mm. yeah, but, that's a good, uh, uh I, that is, that is something i really appreciated yeah. that it wasn't just one thing going mm-hmm. on like there was yeah they, they ripped off a lot of really stuff good that stuff. they're dealing yeah, with they, they ripped off a lot of good they, they yeah, have good uh, taste great, yeah great great uh great uh, good writers borrow great writers uh just completely rip yeah, off <laughs> basically and so uh well it's it's like how alan wake was just ripping off from stephen mm-hmm. king and lovecraft and a bunch of others mostly stephen king like mostly stephen yeah. king but they threw a little bit of like i mean and yeah, stephen yeah. king is just making a lot of lovecraft references and a lot of his work too yes yeah. so. so she is uh uh trying to find her brother trying to navigate this place and uh doing typical video game things um but i feel like the sort of aesthetic is a little it's kind of watered down scp it's a lot watered down yeah um 
weird. It trims a lot of the fat yeah, well, of, uh, of SCP. I think it's blander because every every weird thing is uh, a normal is. consumer object that just for inexplicable reasons has weird powers that do things. And some mm. of them are powers that people can wield if they're chosen objects of power. Some of them are just things that will kill you in weird ways. And those are called altered mm. items. Um, and yeah, so it's, 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 and there's also these things called altered world events, which are, um, things that happen outside of the, the oldest house. Um, and yeah, uh, the, A-W-A. yeah, uh, <laughs> so, um, because the SCP it's, you know, it's a fan-made wiki. It's this community movement where people just make up shit and then they vote on if it's really cool and spooky. And so you get a wide variety of SCPs. There's no like one canon. You just kind of like, yeah. there's the top yeah, rated into like they... entries. And the SCP, by the way, stands for secure, contain, and, uh, protect, I think. Yeah. Yes. And it's got it. In yeah. One. Uh, it's, uh, it's also this massive, vague bureaucracy that looks for weird things and contains them and secures them. And, uh, and they're also within the SCP universe, like other organizations mm-hmm. that they butt heads with or, or weird cults. Or yeah. That, yeah. They, uh, every, every fandom needs like alternate universe stuff and spinoffs and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. These are part of the sort of the latest versions of this sort of trope, which uh, is uh, comes up in RPGs again and again, which is the giant evil corporation slash government bureaucracy that is monolithic and is aware of the, the supernatural or the sci-fi element, whatever the X factor is for the setting mm. and, you know, controls it. And typically this your, is your agent. So shield yeah. your, uh, your, Oh yeah. Files, yeah. Shield is one of your, these types, uh, types of things. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. People, people forget that shield is sprawling and nefarious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, they brought it up like for I, Winter Soldier, and then like, yep, all right, we're done with it. Yeah, but they brought it up, and then they hand waved. It's like, oh no, it's it's because that that Hydra was was. Yeah, we got rid of Hydra. There's it's anything fun. Fu- it's not that there's anything <laughs> fundamentally messed up about Shield. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So in Control, uh, it's kind of this sort of. I guess I, I'm I'm just sort of beginning going to call them sitting in a bottle games, which is sort of a popular yeah. sub, pretty dominant genre of or type of uh, survival horror game where you're in this contained environment and it's sort of, you know, there's lots of people and then city in a bottle has been shook up. Like, you know, everything's been destroyed. Everything, uh, the, the, the hiss yeah, is over. You're, you're, you're resident evil Two, or even, I mean the first one, if you just contain it to like a weird mansion laboratory in a bottle, um, I would think system shock two is actually probably the first, one that sort of got this Probably formula, typical one. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, you find messages that are sort of how they do the environmental storytelling, like "Oh no, I'm being attacked!" Ah, and to the humorous, "Oh, somebody messed with the photocopier again," you know, and yeah, the 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 lovely mm-hmm. mixture of mundane and weird and weird mundane. Yeah, and so basically, um, you go through the environment, you get very, it's sort of uh, elements of Metroidvania where you get different power-ups that allow you to access different areas. And as you complete that, uh, that's, that's all fine and good. Uh, but, um, I, it's obviously portrayed as this, this sort of monolithic institution that cannot be like, it's sort of like, I guess, sort of a, a commentary in a sense of our own sort of worldview now that we can't a picture a world without these institutes. You can't have, there's no way there would be a world with magic and there wouldn't be some corporation or government bureaucracy regulating it, you know, yeah. or uh, ex- regulating and exploiting a, it. A need to control it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and so I kind of want to talk about that. Like uh, in control, yeah. uh, the bureaucracy is portrayed in sort of a neutral point of view. 
uh, as sort of a um, yeah. It's it's a lot yeah. like it's uh, it is interesting that this sort of like the the reference that you reach for is the evil organization since in this game it's it is much more neutrally played like it's not as i mean even delta green like looking at that as an organization is a lot more like brutal mm-hmm. the uh, a lot more intentionally well, brutal I, than the the bureau in the yeah. the game is. i mean they they sort of portray themselves as um a necessity like you can't have mm-hmm. like they say without us the world would cease to exist these these things that are out of control yeah. um are so dangerous that we have to be here and we have to contain them. We have to- Yeah, sure. It all it all rests on you, Mr. Stark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tell me another one. <laughs> or Jesse, you know, like you have to take over and stop the hiss. Yeah. Um and uh keep that from kids. And and you could do obviously a whole thing about the the colonial undertones of this. So the the sort of neoliberal mm. undertones actually more than anything else. We have to have these yeah, how to, technocratic yeah, how to- organizations that control people and uh Oh man, I should have I should have grabbed my uh, my Foucault from over there. We could crack open some like discipline and punish. I mean, there's literally a panopticon. Have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a panopticon. Yeah, it's like wow, you're we're being on the nose today, are we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, and they're far from the first one to reference that. I think there's one. There's probably a, a dozen of panopticons in SCP. Um, yeah, and well, I mean, yeah, because there's so many like the. Uh, the I, I, sorry just you mentioned scp again and i'm like oh yeah one of the most obvious references they make is to the like the in this in the game there's an object that has to be watched constantly mm-hmm. which is one of the most famous scps uh look it up it's it's easy to find yeah and um, Man, so much that's really on the nose. Yeah, and SCP, by the way, is also sort of like the the whole conceit of it is that it is written in the language of bureaucracy. Every yes, every you don't important. write. I mean, there are people who do write stories, obviously, but the the hmm. the main wiki writes these in sort of protocol. They're, they're the form. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's like a bureaucratic it's, procedure. You know, it's no different than like renewing your driver's license or yeah. uh you know requesting a transfer to a different department is like here's how you hold here's how you deal with this object that can teleport people into the sun and here's how yeah and like yeah. one of the i mean one of the great bases for for i would argue why the scps are so striking is it starts with the most mundane information because mm-hmm. like every entry of yeah, the, what's the, it look like? Like the list yeah is is it starts with like the the containment procedures mm-hmm. It's, so it's you you get this con- this contextless flow of like here's a bunch of things that may be uh, very normal or maybe very strange mm-hmm. uh and it's and all about it the implication further. You know. yeah and, and then it like it te- like it's it's all of them are set up in a way that that gives us great opportunity to like tease info or to think about like what how would you have to deal with you know mm-hmm. uh, a a magic coffee maker. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> the, yeah, the super, like that, that's a great, that, I think that's why the SCP is so appeals to most, so many people, why it's so popular hmm. is because we're all used to the language of bureaucracy. And I think all of us now realize that a lot of these procedures are necessary because like, you know, I, um, I saw a new story. Somebody was, co- some expert was commenting about it, like an airplane crash or the Boeing 737 crashed, you know, six months ago or whatever. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, all these regulations for aircraft are written in blood. Like, we do these things because we didn't used to do them. And then somebody died and we are like, Oh yeah, we should do this. And so like the SCP. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a reason that we, uh, that, that anybody who like reads or watches, depending mm-hmm. on how foolish you are, uh, Atlas shrugged and they're like, Oh, I will test my new train metal by sending, just sending cars over a bridge. Yeah. 
It's like, that's a, there are reasons that's a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and so it, it, it's sort of like, we're surrounded by bureaucracy. We have to deal with it every single day, um, yeah. of our life. And the, so the yeah. real monster is the bureaucracy. Well, it's, it's not even, the, it is the monster because yeah, I mean the, yeah. it, even, even ones well, that are quote unquote good, like the FBC, um, do all yeah. kinds of atrocities. They like kidnap a child and basically torture him until he goes insane uh yeah or or yeah uh oh man i had it yeah thing. and it's totally without oversight like there's no one that- yeah because the government has literally forgotten that they exist yeah. like that because it's it's one of those things where they're they're tertiarily connected to the government because they started as a government agency and they still use that as the name but like well, they still get funding <laughs> yeah they still apparently get funding yeah. but there's no there's no oversight or, or accountability right, because to nobody is do. aware of it. Like no, the president isn't going to be able to call them and be like, yeah, don't do that. Or like, there's no congressional hearings. Yeah. There's no, um, anything like that. Um, and that's presented as good. Like, Oh, they can't handle it. You know? And again, it's yeah. this sort of like idea that, you know, these techno, these, these bureaucracies of people with college degrees can control everything and should make all the shots, you know, uh, yeah. people who are distant. And, um, that's certainly worth something critiquing. Uh, but yeah, there, well, there's yeah. even, there was, uh, one of the last little like hidden room things I found in, in the game was there was this great little note written by someone, mm-hmm. Who was saying like uh, it's it might not be a good thing that we're approaching all of these things with a very like hard scientist uh, like a scientific mm-hmm. and like a trying to like almost utilitarian outlook like maybe we need to think more in ritualistic ways for how to deal with some of these things yeah. instead of like how to contain and exploit them and I'm like oh that's that's a neat thing to see the game throw out there like uh, an awareness of like not just in the the normal like. Oh, the the hubris of this or that person caused the bureau to have these problems, but also just like, oh, there's further things we could question. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little moment. Um, and yeah, that that is that is a good point. Uh, I yeah, I and the thing is, they, they what the thing we don't even real like it's just implicit in the setting is that the idea that this bureaucracy like created by humans and everything just by structuring in through bureaucratic uh, regulation and everything is powerful enough to like control and contain supernatural shit you know things that are supposedly transcendent beyond the rules of uh uh uh, beyond our comprehension yet we can write regulations you're like okay put cthulhu in a box and you know (laughs) do this process and we don't he won't kill and eat everybody and drive us mad because we have bureaucracy bureaucracy is our you know (laughs) in a sense a greater god than cthulhu or any irrational force out there um and I mean, I, I mean, if we're especially if we're talking about like ways to flavor games with with these sorts of things, mm-hmm. I think that like looking to like looking to whatever personal experience one has with bureaucracy is the first sort of way to mine this. And it doesn't have like not everybody's had like corporate jobs or whatever, but even just like I think about like working in uh, when I worked in a grocery store, like the first job I had uh, and the ways that like. Oh, you have to follow this particular planogram instruction to put things in their particular mm-hmm. place, and you can't change any of this, and you will be graded on it. And like, if you if you screw it up, then you, like you, mm-hmm. it affects your, your it affects your ability to get a raise or whatever. And just like those little implied systemic threats, just in small ways, are I feel like a a good thing to juxtapose. Like the the more like bizarre horror in a lot of ways, the the smaller threats of. Uh, of you know what a what the constraints of a job can do to you uh can be worse 
in mm-hmm. some ways because you know cthulhu will kill everyone but uh <laughs> if i get fired i i will starve <laughs> right um and that's also you know the other thing is that the bureaucracy is again a massive machine and yeah. we're all cogs in it and we're all replaceable um and that's why they do Which that why it's or great they, to map yeah. onto horror <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we're all replaceable um except for a lot obviously in control um the whole storyline revolve oh, by the way we're gonna have some spoilers in this yeah tons uh, of spoilers yeah uh so we can't help it in control everyone is replaceable except for like certain named characters in a sense mm. because uh in some cases they're head they're they're people who hoarded knowledge you know uh department leaders uh like the the scientist dr darling or whatever who basically like where the fuck is he we really need he's yeah. he's the only one who knew what was going on the guy who know. like there's there's his, yeah. he casts maybe the longest shadow of any of the the named mm-hmm. characters in the game uh i don't know him and trench i'd say go back and yeah, forth. yeah trench yeah. is the director the former director uh right. and and uh dr darling being the the head of former head of research head right of research. And, that, and that that's basically darling was abusing his position he was basically not like corporate these institutions are supposed to have what you know what they call institutional knowledge which is the idea yeah. that like yeah even leaders even uh people high up on the organization chart can be replaced because there's institutional knowledge or procedures so that you know if somebody dies or is eaten by cthulhu then the the second person uh, on the on the org track can step in their shoes and like take over after like reading their diary or whatever yeah um, yeah yeah. and so that that's sort of like but obviously you know because of no maybe perhaps because there was no oversight in the yeah. bureau uh darling was able to be like yeah run it like a private fiefdom uh yeah. and obviously probably got people killed maybe uh I, yeah I mean, and i mean this is this is one of those things yeah. that makes for a good tension in like a, a conspiracy leaning game is mm-hmm. that that idea of what happens when someone makes themselves indispensable and is then disposed of. Yeah. Like um, what, what does that cause? <laughs> but control makes a very explicit thing saying that, no, some people are literally chosen. Some people are supernaturally mm. chosen by forces beyond, you know, uh, sort of, it's kind of implied either Odin, there, there's some sort of Norse mythology building in there because, uh, oh, are, are, we, are we talking about Ati? Uh, Ati and like, yeah, when you get down to the foundation, there's very much a, uh, a runic symbol. Yeah, you see the little, yeah, the world tree Yggdral, uh, sort yeah. of carved in, or sort of etched into one of these stone pillars, uh, sort of implying that the old house is Yggdral, uh, which is sort of interesting. But, um, the, the, this person is this chosen, uh, the the leader of the bureau is the director and the director is chosen uh, by uh, oh the board and by the uh, the service weapon which are very supernatural things yeah um, God, and, I love the, the board yeah. is maybe my favorite thing in the game because yeah it's a, a very couple- good album cover <laughs> For there, the, uh, there are a couple of mob, yeah. messages that you get from the board that are are actually hilarious mm-hmm. because it's like a, an interdimensional creature trying to communicate with you and failing. Yeah, I do. Like, I love, you know, they, they did. The board was a pretty good <laughs> highlight, but like um, the director is chosen, and like the whole plot, the whole reason like your brother was kidnapped. Mm. uh and tortured essentially abused was because they thought he was a potential replacement like they had to find yeah uh, they had to find someone special someone worthy not not mm. anybody could be the director they couldn't just train someone up um and so there there was this whole program to replace another director and, although i do yeah i will push back on this slightly because i i like okay. the way that the chosen one thing was deployed in control Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, further spoilers. Like at least the way that I read it by the end of the game is that they the they were not the at least the the brother and sister were not born special. It's mm-hmm. just that they 
because of the experience they went through with interdimensional nonsense, they they became special. Well, sure. I, 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 I like I would, that better yeah. than like born destiny at the very least. I wasn't saying a, they were born that way. I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, I know. It's just it's something I've been thinking about a lot in comparison yeah, to other that's uh, fair. video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the the cho- the way that it deploys its sort of chosen mm-hmm. oneness is uh, is much more interesting to me because it seems like the it it chooses who's available and works. Yeah, and the these brother just and sister to be the best ones so far. Yeah. Uh, the brother and sister are worthy because they basically survived a season a, a season of Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, oh man. <laughs> yeah. So they 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 did that, and then uh, they chose. Um, so, but you can't just have any schmuck. They can't just have the second in command. You know the yeah. the aide de camp of the uh, director grab the magic gun and yeah. become the director. It was implied that if you pick up the gun and you're not worthy, you die. Yeah. Um, so. The idea that they spent decades looking for these candidates for replacement is like the whole major theme. Yeah. Um, and well, and also because, there's there's yeah. the sort of implication that it's like their attempt to hack the system. Because mm-hmm. like well, they, the, oh, we we need to have someone who can handle this mm-hmm. weapon. So let's try and make them happen, which also has its part in setting off the the nearly world destroying events of the game. Well, I think they were wasn't making it happen so much as like very well. I guess you could say it was making it happen. It was like Trench realizing there had to be somebody worthy because he just happened to be worthy. They didn't realize yeah. this with the he the Trench is the second director. The yeah. first director uh, was did like Northmore or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Northmore. Um, hmm. Northmore died. Trent, and the, Trench, by the way, being the the person who is uh, the same actor as Max Payne, which mm-hmm. cracks me up. <laughs> and basically, uh, he gets in there. Uh, Trench realizes if I die, the, what will happen to the Bureau? Because I've seen other people pick up the gun and they just die. Will there be somebody worthy to succeed me? And he uh, creates this program to try and find a new candidate. And they they try to get Jesse. They don't. They get Dylan instead, the brother. And the brother does not respond well to being in a cage uh, controlled by this institution, essentially, because he has some sort of latent psychic powers or some shit. Yeah. And um, yeah, then the, the then the game happens, basically. Um, and then so, bad things happen and everyone ha- is it, it, they don't have a good time. No, nope, they don't have a good time. Uh, I mean, the player is a good time, except for some of the boss fights. Uh, but. So control says very explicitly that there are some, they sort of push back against that by saying that there are very special people who cannot be replaced by bureaucratic procedure alone, that Mm. there are, there is magic. There is something that transcends that. Uh, Mm. So I, um, I find that interesting. Uh, And that that's, yeah. So yeah, control is probably, I mean, it's kind of almost propaganda for bureaucracy and you have to have a bureaucracy. Otherwise, magic would just kill everybody, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I I agree, but I also like its take on it better than a lot Mm -hmm. of others' takes on bureaucracy in some Mm -hmm. ways. Like, because by the end game... There by the end game, like an awareness of the fact that it needs to be more open and cooperative seems to have right. developed. Jesse's the like new director, and yeah, she like the, is going to lead it into a new era. And, yeah, like uh, the bureau changes. is going to continue, and that that does have a lot of implications of like, oh, there's a necessity to this. But like, I don't know. I maybe I'm just too much of a, a, a you know a sunny dispositioned optimist that I am I, clearly. But I know like, what I would do. Is, that, yeah. There is part of me that's like, oh, it seems like people are learning lessons, and and that's mm-hmm. that's good. I feel though that they they they're not gonna. Um, it, it's definitely an interesting like where they they set off. But like for me, I feel like they're gonna keep it as this sort of oh, dysfunctional bureaucracy. That the, like I feel like I mean the Federal Bureau of Control is basically a self 
self-selecting society of people living in a post-scarcity uh economy because they have access to like unlimited magic power. nonsense yeah 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 they have there's something powering the building they don't that's kept in a furnace essentially or although whatever. sometimes people feed a reactor the, pe- yeah. although sometimes people try to sacrifice other people to the furnace and also yeah. you shouldn't drink the water because but yeah it's they, got they basically stuff in they, it they get stuff from the outside world but they don't need it per se it sounds like yeah. they could just exist forever in that building um so they clearly aren't worried about food even though they're in a lockdown so um so I would create, have it like the federal bureau of control becomes this parallel society that like is yeah. fucking weird as shit. And like then what like, happens if the lockdown never ends and you just have people who have to live inside of, wait, isn't that just ruin? <laughs> well, ruin is different. Uh, ruin is not out yet. So that's something different with it too. Uh, so uh, the, the thing with, uh, um, yeah, so I would make it weirder. I would get it weirder. Mm. And weirder. Then they're like, these people are like, oh, we have all this magic power. We have all this amazing stuff that nobody else can do. And look at how shitty the real world is. Let's go and yeah. fix that. Or like, let's take it over. Because I mean, fuck that those even, people, those ignorant like, peasants, how dare they? I mean, it's going to go eat one of those ways. Yeah, sorry. That takes me back to Heroes of New Arcadia. That like, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that that is one of the things that uh, I think especially like using using the like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. example is mm-hmm. is uh, or even the classic like, wh- why doesn't Reed Richards share his nonsense with the world is like having all these yeah. things, but insisting that the world stay familiar to like contemporary reality. Yeah, and Which I know is, that's is, a conceit of these yeah. fictions is to make it like relatable that like this could happen in your world, but like there's mm. limits to what that can do. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I feel like by making it an institutional thing, um, it's, or like making it like this, yeah, that's kind of the problem with these. It's, it's sort of the problem with having an ongoing, like comic book is like, you can't have an indie, like you, you just, the story keeps having a middle and yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and, well, cause it, um, it, it takes yeah. certain, it, the, any, anytime this conceit is sort of deployed, it, it takes, uh the structures of society as certain mm-hmm. yeah and like the only, never the only ways yeah the and only ways things will change yeah, yeah the, the only ways things will change is if it goes on long enough for like time to change around it like looking mm-hmm. at the marvel universe change over time yeah like that so the only time social changes will occur is when they occur in the real world outside of the comic <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah so i think that's sort of the problem is that they they portray these bureaucracies as inevitable and Mm. uh eternal and uh and i think in tabletop role-playing games you don't have these constraints of being like a major media property that has to keep cranking out you know like there may be control two and control three and i know they're doing control dlc and so obviously they have to keep the conceit going for a while um and so i feel like when tabletop game, you have more freedom to do that. So I think we, we need to think of these bureaucracies and tabletop RPGs as flawed human organizations that are usually evil. And that's fine to have a very evil, very villainous, uh, uh, structure organization. Uh, but like, they're not perfect. They, they make mistakes and they, they make mistakes in ways that are not like, they're not synonymous with like the evil, villain who is very you know like not captain planet villains well they they may be captain planet villains but they're not going to be like at the whim of one guy they're not going to be led but if they're led by the joker they're going to fire the joker sooner or later because like 
uh, he's going to make mistakes and there's internal pressures. There's internal Yeah, because outside of comic book logic, there's no reason people would keep working for the Joker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, if you're if you're an evil CEO and the, there's this group of heroes fighting you and you keep losing against them, you're just going to like find a way to either hide that you've lost all these battles or like mm-hmm. you're going to get fired. Cause you keep, you've lost so many times and you fuck you're a failure yeah. and someone wants to take your spot. Um, <laughs> or you're just going to like, just, there's not going to be like a climactic and you're not going to like throw everything. The corporation has, you're not going to keep getting rewarded for failure. Yeah. When given these sort of pressures, if, if there's other people who have some sort of counterbalance against you, unless you have total control of it, in which case it's not really a bureaucracy, it's a dictatorship, you know, I yeah. think there's sort of a difference between like a dictatorship run by the fiat of one person versus a bureaucracy with the differing departments that have power over each other. Like, hmm. I think that's what we should clarify. It's like, they're not the same thing. And you can't, you want, when you make your villain of organization or RPG, you should think, is this a dictatorship run by like one person or a small group of people and whatever they say goes yeah. and they can change their mind whenever, you know, the M Bison school of leadership, <laughs> um or to me, is it this was tuesday <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> or is this like an actual like does it have an actual org chart and they they follow rules and like if somebody oversteps those rules they'll be punished by their own internal process honestly you know? i think the uh i think that that thought of an org chart is uh is really uh, i think central to to one of the things that i've been thinking about in terms of like how to map this kind of or the things that I like best mm-hmm. about control onto like a running a tabletop game mm-hmm. is like the the that interconnectedness mm-hmm. uh, between of like uh, not it's yeah like it's it's not like Cobra or something where it's just yeah do what I oh that's Skeletor no, I, I can't do a Cobra <laughs> Commander voice off the top of my head uh, uh but um like it, yeah thinking about, I mean Skeletor like, well, was also a dictatorship like do what Skeletor nah. says. Yes, we do not have a human resources department. Um, but yeah, like thinking about like what different departments would be like, what different departments would be needed, what kinds of personalities are running mm-hmm. them and how those like work with or against each other. Like, yeah, because like, because, yeah, when I look at at like the the way that the plot for control takes off, like it. It has its roots in like them, you know, the the bureau interfering with these siblings' lives and and all that. But like, if you if you look at the, a lot of it is is just like the the choices that the people in power in these various departments make of like Darling to be very focused on his way of doing things in the research mm-hmm. department and Trench being very focused on like him like uh, even one of the things he taught that character talks about a lot is is only being able to fail himself like relying solely on himself and of course when he gets corrupted and when he fails like yeah he's just failing himself but because he made himself indispensable all of these dominoes fall and because of that like interconnectedness Mm -hmm. we see like it it sets up a, a a fun little plot for us to explore yeah exactly um and uh yeah and you you also have elements of that early on where like the you go to the maintenance department and they're like oh yeah these guys look down on us but they need us for the power mm. uh and then you know you have to go through the different performers getting the different department heads or surviving department heads essentially to get on your side yeah. uh and yeah that that's uh definitely an element in that so like yeah in terms of uh, uh so think about motivation so mm. Um, any bureaucracy essentially is motivated by the uh, survival. 
Like they, you know, they're created to do some sort of mission, you yeah. know, like to, it is, uh, it is its own entity. To control I often, yeah, to control, one of the, yeah, sorry. one of the running bits, uh, that I have with Kara is we, we talk about sometimes how, uh, dealing with a bank is like dealing with uh, a demon. Like you, yeah. you have to be very careful and you have to pay attention to what its rules and what its words specifically mean, uh, or else you will, uh, end up screwed over. Yeah. And I think, uh, honestly, that's probably true for just bureaucracies in general, mm-hmm. if they have power over you, is it's like dealing with a magical creature. <laughs> yeah, but one that is, like, bound by certain laws and certain yeah. behavior, uh, for the most part. Uh, part I mean, obviously, the there's inefficiencies and whatever, but, like, you know, the bureaucracy, the, the, the bureau's created to, like, m- investigate these things, hmm. uh, you know, these weird items that have magic powers. But then, like, it quickly becomes, like, it has to survive. And so, like, there's a lot of memos you find in the book, like, oh, here's what we can do for a budget. Uh, mm. As long as we don't ask for anything truly outrageous, we'll just get whatever we want. You know? Uh, oh, so I can't believe not- neither of us have mentioned the men in black this uh, this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, but, like, every bureau's mission, every bureaucracy's mission becomes survival. Mm. Like, if you don't worry about whatever will keep getting you funding um or like you know legislative power or whatever it is that allows it to exist as an organization with some sort of power and influence mm-hmm. or whatever um it will obviously fall apart and so the every person within that bureaucracy to a degree gets rewarded by helping the bureau yeah helping it justify survive. itself to yeah. whatever power structure it exists within mhm and so like you get these th- then you develop these situations where people develop um like motivations that are uh, that are just like or thank you know just like not necessarily opposed to the main mission but like sort of uh just going off in its own direction or like yeah. something that that like oh well obviously uh i mean one of the greatest uh things to, to talk about bureaucracies is uh, uh the wire because it talks about the bureaucracies of law enforcement because it's yeah. like these cops aren't you know they're ostensibly here to protect us but that what that winds up for them is that they have stats. They have yeah, their what are own, like, what are they? How are they held accountable? What does that mean within their institution? Right, uh, and how are they rewarded? And they get yeah. rewarded by making more arrests, by closing cases, and so like they look for shortcuts. They they're trying to up their stats. They're trying yeah. to like like honestly, one of the best things you can do to to figure out how to maybe break your your fictional bureaucracy or maybe your real bureaucracy is to just remember that people min max things Mm -hmm. like in real life like they will find whatever rule can be exploited and someone will exploit it and like that happens in law enforcement and it happens in weird evil organizations uh oh did i just repeat myself Uh, never mind (laughs) (laughs) um and um also they don't exist in a vacuum no like we're talking about one organization that is within a larger power structure, some society. Hmm. We're not talking about, you know, there are games and there are settings where the bureaucracy and the, and the, it is everything. It's the entire world. And those are, you know, like you're living in the company town, live, paying on company, company script. The computer loves you. Uh, the computer is your friend, that kind of thing. We're not talking about that. We're talking about like the bureaucracy is not omnipotent. It is not omniscient. It is, it is, does it, it's very powerful in this one area or whatever it does. Yeah. It has um, its niche. It has its niche, yeah, and so it if it fucks up, there will be consequences for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was recently running a Clip Space game, and people were like, "Well, well, okay, so here's this resort that the Hypercorp has," and it's like, "Oh, well, they're clearly spying and reading the minds of all the people that they have." You know, with the psychosurgeon, like, no, they're not. They would if they got caught, it would be really bad because like these they're- people actually have lawyers, and it's a Hypercorp society. They have 
they have courts and you know yeah, they're, lawyers they're also lawyers. trying to to screw yeah. each other over but that means they mm-hmm. have to be careful about how they screw each other over yeah because I mean, you can like it's run by one corporation yeah it's run by one corporation so like if the other corporations found out this corporation fucked up really bad they would exploit it mm. now of course there are situations in real life especially where the corporations all agree to work with each other so they can just you know control no, everything that, what are you but that would be almost like a monopoly ross and that's <laughs> yeah or, or uh yeah uh it's not an oligarchy but what is it uh where it's like yeah i I couldn't i can't grab the word like it's in my head somewhere uh but yeah a bunch of companies agree not to directly compete with each other so mm -hmm. that they can all control what's going on Mm -hmm. oh america that's what it was uh Uh, so you do have situations like that but you know they those typically don't show and so the consequences may not be like catastrophic for it but like you know uh even giant corporations seem inevitable until they fail like uh yeah uh, you know, uh, Lehman Brothers was a massive Wall Street company, and then it collapsed in 2008 very quickly. Mm. So, like, um, sometimes things are outside of the control of even the the these bureaucracies. So, yeah. um, I, mean, I think I, so. You keep that in mind that, that they're not. I mean, it seems like it was just yesterday. Monolithic. It seems so, like it was just yesterday that the uh, Netscape Navigator was on every computer, but now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Things change, um, and. So they don't have the, the, the this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that, like, yeah. Um, I, was, I was thinking one of the other big things, like in terms of like thinking about interconnectedness, like having your organizational chart, and also just thinking about mm-hmm. the co- like consequence. I think is one of the most important things to consider when mm-hmm. if you're wanting to make it more grounded, because like sort of what we were talking about earlier with the the fact that well these things never end up actually broadly changing the real world. Is because, you know, comic books will put a barrier on how far consequences can go. Yeah, because it has uh, to be in stasis. So, yeah, so, I, th- I think like yeah. one of the big things is is to e- even if you're just starting at the small scale, like what is the consequence of, you know, this department collapsing because the an experiment goes wrong because they mm-hmm. run out of budget or whatever. And yeah. like what what dominoes does that knock over and how can that like cause interesting things to happen within your your organization? Yeah, and just think about whatever leader within that department that is the one in charge of like taking the players down or whatever. The player's the primary antagonist. Um, he has his own, the he or she, you know, whoever this bad person is, they have their own sort of internal pressures and internal like motivations. Like they're they're going to be like, well, all right, so I have to do this secret research project. If I get it under budget, you know, I get a reward. And like, oh shit, some heroes blew it up. Well, yeah. um, I guess I could pay assassins. Send that you send our corporate assassins to go hunt them down and kill them, but it's going to eat into the budget. It's going to come out of the budget. Yeah. Can uh, I afford the good assassins, or are we going to have to like talk to the janitor who moonlights? Is that I guess a- I could. Oof. What if I ask the assassins to frame them for some other some have them kill someone random and then frame the character? Is it cheaper to frame people or? To- yeah. Mm. Yeah. Can we get a memo on that? Can we have a meeting <laughs> on that? Uh, yeah, can someone can someone do a cost benefit analysis on framing versus murdering? Uh, yeah. Hold on, let me write up that memo. <laughs> I feel like we should already know this, Susan. This is you're really letting me down here. Um, yeah, uh, this should be in our our standard operating procedure file, and I don't see it there. Uh, can we have an audit of our? Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, and another thing to also keep in mind: if bureaucracies are not the same, like not every bureaucracy has its own. Like, there's this whole thing about company culture, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And that that's sort of the whole whole thing, it turns out. Like the Federal Bureau of Control is very different than like uh Majestic 12 mm. in Delta Green and Delta Green in the modern era where it's taken over Majestic 12. Yeah. Uh and uh or for example, uh the technocracy or Pentex in the old world of darkness, which was other two evil corporate uh, giant bureaucracies. I'm, I'm I'm familiar with having tainted my brain with world of darkness lore. <laughs> Um, okay, but what about Palladium uh, evil corporations, Ross? You got anything for? Oh us? yeah, you name one. Name a Palladium evil corporation. I, I don't know. I'm asking exactly. I don't know any. Oh, okay. I mean they're well, corporations. Uh, but look, like, you're, look, you're the one who has poisoned your brain with this stuff. I merely Palladium sit doesn't on the write side. up about corporations. They they write them up to have gun stats, and that's but I it. Was, I was told that it was a thinking man's game. Ross. It is a thinking man game. You have to think about everything in order to. <laughs> you have to think about everything because all they did was tell you how to roll dice. Yeah, and give you stats for robots and laser pistols, like and like thirty character classes ranging from demigod to hobo and expect them to all, like, all right i am the demigod of hobos and it is more difficult for me to go down a rope than it is for me to climb i'm a vagabond i can <laughs> eyeball a fella as my power uh yeah. why did i open this can of worms yeah you, anyway. you did yeah thanks uh actually something else i uh that occurred to me um mm-hmm. is one of the things to keep in mind is that a lot of these don't have to be this con like the the control or the scp or the delta green or the majestic mm-hmm. 12 type of conspiracy or like organization because if you want to look at uh obnoxious bureaucracies the the sphere that i have spent the most time in in my life is a good one to look to as well higher education oh yeah uh academia be- yeah yeah <laughs> because the uh the the cross sections of like people who are your your work a day adjuncts versus uh people who are are trying to get tenure and then just multiply that by uh weird mystical nonsense mm-hmm. and you can have all sorts of fun in terms of uh people who hate each other and kind mm-hmm. of want to backbite but also we're studying Cthulhu tomes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like yeah. there's a good way to mash those things together that could uh lead to all sorts of fun. Mhm. Or like, um, that, what yeah. do you do when you have access to the Necronomicon, but also you uh, live the life where you you sort of have to sell your blood to make rent? Sometimes, like, what sort of what, so like a modern day version of um, the Armitage Files, essentially, um, yeah, yeah, or Bookhounds of London, yeah. Uh, Trail of Cthulhu, I think, has done a couple things about that uh, theme. Mm. But oh, oh, you know what? Uh, actually, the laundry—that's probably the easiest. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. How do we? That's the easiest one. Um, and that's obviously if you're talking about bureaucracy and uh, RPGs. Bu- uh, uh, from what I remember reading the rules, it's certainly the best thing because you have to make requisition rules and you have mm. to you have legal limits <laughs> of what you can and can't do. <laughs> do the players actually yeah. have to fill out forms? Uh, I think it's abstracted to skill checks, but like ah. you still have to make the skill checks. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah Uh, so actually yeah that is something to keep in mind is uh how like the for for creating and using organizations like this if you're using a system that just straight up has a bureaucracy check like delta green like thinking Mm -hmm. of ways you can use that uh to mess with people well i mean yeah um delta green does have rules for bureaucracy like in terms of like requisitioning things but Uh, even then like if you're if you're bouncing off of something Mm -hmm. like delta green or or call of cthulhu like how you can use bureaucracy skill checks i think is uh Mm because in 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 navigating these kinds of structures knowing the bureaucracy is in a lot of ways better than having social skills um i mean like, yeah technically it is a social skill no uh, yeah but i mean like yeah. face-to-face social skills mm-hmm. might not help like your your face for mm-hmm. example if we're if we're just talking like general 
player styles. Sure. Your face might not be as useful in socially navigating things as your 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 characters uh, or NPCs who know the bureaucracy mm-hmm. and are, have skills for dealing with it. It's certainly also a substitute for research skills. Like it replaced mm. library use, you know, and Delta Green essentially from Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, uh, that actually might be a good way of messing with players because, mm-hmm. like, so trying to use a regular library use skill might not be useful in uh, a more like a, a system that you don't understand the bureaucracy of. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Like that could yeah. that could be a good way of of sort of giving people false leads or or leading them into little like interesting traps and things, or even in academia, how to make a. Uh, uh, Cool. Uh, yeah. request to get something access to something that's off limits to the public you know yeah uh can i act yeah like the necronomicon's not on a shelf you have to fucking, or just trying to get a grant like, you know. yeah it's in a climate controlled room <laughs> yeah or getting a grant but like it's in a climate controlled room obviously behind lock and key and so you have to make a special request to have, be able to read it and like sign a liability waiver blah 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 yeah, oh, the, the, the sort yeah. of academic bureaucracy stuff, like I have some notes from like way back when we were playing Heroes of New Arcadia because I had like background ideas for where James had come from. And <laughs> I, I had this uh, thought of he was cer- he was definitely on like a supervillain watch list from grad mm-hmm. school, which has to exist in this world. Like yeah, they, exactly. there, there have to be lists at every school that are like either shared or that the government has access to about who seems like they might create a monster. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good idea. Like think about a plot hook. Um, yeah. Well, you found the list and uh, yeah, and you have to go head hunting. Like uh, you need to go recruit people. Or just for like, st- yeah. Or, or there's like students who like want to end up on the list because they think it's actually kind of good for their resume in some ways. Mm-hmm. So they like keep trying to one up each other with, and well, then yeah, that, no, like, that could be a good thing to have happen in the background. And then that like causes some catastrophe. So it's not like mm-hmm. not an intentional malice thing, but just the way that this competition created a stress that boiled over into, Oh, an interdimensional gateway opened or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that's how Silicon Valley headhunters get the best uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. recruits. Like if you're the, not like, on the black, list, the, like white hat, black hat hacker stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're not on the list, like you ain't shit. Like <laughs> I'd forgotten about that until uh, we were having this conversation. And that was, that was an idea. I don't even remember if I ever mentioned that to you before, but it, no, it was you haven't. I would have remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> that was really good uh yeah well so, i mean you know if if, yeah. if you're if you're working on a base rate or second ed you know i'm around mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I, at some point at some point uh, uh maybe after uh but yeah uh, no i i mean i think that is one of the things to think of is like uh if if you don't feel comfortable creating like a uh, uh you don't feel like you can create a convincing like government bureaucracy mm-hmm. like there are ways you can transfer more familiar to you like systems and and like bureaucratic annoyances and and nightmares over mm-hmm. into whatever your fantastic world is yeah uh, well well also like I think the main thing is people either play bureaucracies either as too incompetent or too competent. Yeah. Like they're, they're often so competent and skilled and Illuminati, you know, conspiracy, mm. like they're on you 24 seven. They, they never make mistakes. They have the best people that money can buy, blah, 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 blah. They never fuck up. And so you're dead. If you go after them, you're dead. Yeah. It just game over. And they're like, that's, that's pretty boring. And obviously then the, the other thing is that they're comically incompetent. Um, and they never, your, uh, uh, your, your GI Joe villain territory. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, either one is kind of boring. So like you need to make them flawed, but also in an interesting way. So think the ways you can make them flawed is one, um, they're caught. Everyone in that bureaucracy is a cog and they have imperfect institutional knowledge. the, The way to make it, the way to make it more believable is realize that, Oh God, this is their job. 
Well, it's not just their job, but also think about like the guy who's running the who's like, oh, do I need to hire those assassins for those people? Like oh, maybe the again. yeah, the, maybe the, maybe the quarter ends, and he's like, you've been promoted, you get a transfer. Oh, we had a fuck up in the other department. You need to go over to that department. He's like, really? I'm in the middle of something. He's like, it's fine. Um, and so like the players just don't have anything to worry about because like the new guy comes in he's like i don't give a shit about any of this let's cancel it i don't care Uh, you're you're saved by promotion yeah saved by yeah promotion just like bureaucratic like transfer like the the guy who has a grudge against you just left oh man is that a is there a is there like a bureaucracy mancer in uh, unknown armies because i feel like this would be be like a thing i need to look (laughs) uh, i need to go back and look through my uh supplements i don't think there is one specifically on bureaucracies but i mean there would be i I just like the the, i like that idea of like oh no we'll just we'll get the organ we'll Mm -hmm. shit we'll slightly shift someone's place in an organization and it causes all these other dominoes to fall i mean also think about like what kind of behaviors what kind of thing uh rewards the institution like what we're what you know the bureaucracy is trying to get funding it's trying to get money either as a corporation or you know funding from uh the government itself mm. as a government agent so what would reward them and so like you know for like again the cops cops get re- promotions because they get they close cases even if it's the wrong person even if it's a case that can't be prosecuted if they close the case then great um so they uh so evil bureaucracy you know like in terms of the federal bureau of control they they the people inside get promoted if they like find altered items if they find objects of power if they figure or something to, out about it. yeah or or sometimes just for like being the guy who shows up and and like keeps doing the the make work stuff like the mm-hmm. the the guy in charge of the panopticon if i recall like he talks about yeah no i just i uh i started out at a desk job and you know i kept uh kept at it and uh, i yeah. eventually got promoted to think, yeah, management he, yeah it's kind of like for the bureau especially he's kind of got on a wartime footing it's like if you just live long enough <laughs> you'll be promoted so like keep your head down yeah, so there's like bold employees of the bureau. There's old employees of the bureau, but there's no old and bold employees. <laughs> yeah, of the those, bureau. you get you get to pick one. Yeah, so like um, use that to characterize these these lifers who are just like in it because that you know they don't know yeah, anything like the else. Sort of the, the sort of true believers versus the workaday. Yeah. I mean, like, if you go to a place like that and you can see the oldest house, all the supernatural going on, you couldn't go back to a regular job because it's right. like. God, this is so fake. It's so bullshit. Um, like nothing would matter. Like, like you would just lose. Well, also imagine yeah. the paranoia. That's actually a good, mm-hmm. a fun, like that could be a fun way of leading players to uh, a secret, like conspiratorial organization mm-hmm. is interacting with someone who doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, some, like, yeah. imagine the paranoia you would have if you mm-hmm. know what the Bureau, the Federal Bureau of Control does. And the kinds of risks that they constantly get embroiled in and the sort of world-ending nonsense that can crop up. But now you have no access to information about what they're doing anymore. Like, what yeah, would that do yeah. to someone's life? Like, yeah. they're going to be screaming about it on the internet and, like, trying to find what, like, it, 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 it'd be great. That's- yeah, no, I, yeah, I like that, too. Um, or maybe the Federal Bureau is like, you know, it's like the mafia. You can't leave. Like, you can get a shitty job. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel but- like that, yeah. Like, that's one of those things where that that can... I feel like that's an important decision to make in in your conspiracy design is is can people leave like are they yeah. going to get Blade Runner retired mm-hmm. uh, or if they could, like if it is somewhat of a more mundane thing like the idea that someone could just like quit mm-hmm. is something that would be realistically plausible like they'd still have like that they'd be bound by like not legal uh, non disclosures and things like that uh, but like or if, assassins if or assassins yeah. or yeah. both. 
you know, <laughs> uh, don't don't break your NDA. There will be legal consequences and or possibly uh, lead injections. Or in the uh, laundry files, it's like a literal <laughs> curse. Like if you say, like if you try, if you break it, you like tar- burst into fire or something. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, NDAs that are magically binding. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I like, like that. A, that 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 seems like a, a a fruitful possibility for a plot hook. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, use them as um, antagon- They're great antagonists, obviously, but just like it's okay to like, and again, like the whole point of RPG is that tell a story and have fun. And so like mm. what they're, they are whatever the story demands, obviously. Um, so, but you can have plausible ways to explain why the bureaucracy is no longer, is not going to hunt them forever. You yeah. know, like the guy who it's was in charge got fired because, or got demoted because he fucked up. So they're going to put you on a list. And if they catch you, anywhere near their their buildings or whatever they'll shoot at you but they're not going to hunt you well, they, yeah it's not it's not worth the effort to to come and bother you yeah or, the, Although, or per, also players yeah. not necessarily knowing that can can uh can mm-hmm. be fun because mm-hmm. that could also get player characters in trouble if they don't realize that they're safe and then they get uh and then they step back into stuff and then you can you can tease them later by revealing that oh if you had left it alone they would never have come after you or better yet, um, they are caught up in corporate politics. Like, you know, they they blow up this lab, this evil corporate lab, and then like somebody else from the other department is like, "Hey, good job." <laughs> you know, like, oh, uh, here's where their next lab is. He's like, "Why are you telling us?" It's like, I fucking hate Steve. I hate. <laughs> he stole my oh. budget. He like if he if his that department guy, goes he, down, he snapped he snapped some uh, funding opportunity out from under me, and mm-hmm. I am gonna make sure that guy's heart bursts into flame over the pit of Kali. Yeah, he, he kicked my he kicked my ass at fantasy football. So. <laughs> Oh my uh, God! Yeah. Oh, the ways you could weaponize petty everyday nonsense mm-hmm. into like, and now I'm going to make sure that the the gods that hunger from beneath the building feast on them forever. Yeah. So teach I you mean, to touch my lunch, you mother. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, but there's a lot of opportunities here for like players too. Like, yeah, well, um, yeah. Like, I think like playing from within the organization mm-hmm. uh, has a lot of stuff you could uh, have fun with. Well, I mean, like, I mean, you already mentioned one example too, the f- former employee. Like if you're, mm. if you're playing any sort of game where these corporations exist, you could have someone being like, uh, somebody who was fired and like was not low level enough that they like didn't try and silence them forever or whatever. And so you make a character with like some knowledge and then just a lot of petty grudges against, you know, uh, the, the Steve's and Karen's of the office, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but then you could also do like, uh, yeah, you could have a corporate person or someone like there's freelancers, people free the, you know, freelance for various agencies. So like, uh, someone who has some contacts, Ind- independent contractors. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Independent contractors. Yeah. Sorry. Cause Uber <laughs> doesn't have, isn't in the business of driving people. They're in the business. Of blah, 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 blah. Um, so it, well, it really gives you the freedom yeah. to make your own schedule, Ross, and the yeah. freedom not to have health care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the freedom not to be protected from curses and the evil well, eye. Or labor laws. So you, Is that um, not what I said? Yeah. <laughs> so make a character. Um, so that's another character concept is like the, the part-timer, the low-level person, or the, like the person who works from home uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know remote worker, freelancer, whatever. 
who has some tangential link to the company, but like is obviously not loyal to them. Mm. Um, like we have, we we have moved a lot beyond uh, from the like the 1950s company man. You're going to be working for this company until the day you die. You know, for <laughs> get your gold. You'll watch. still be working there until the day you die. It's just that this time you're yeah. well, you're not really an employee. <laughs> like people don't really have like corporations. These bureaucracies are certainly not loyal to any of the people except maybe some of the executives. Hmm. Uh, but like, there's no such thing as careers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you have careers by switching companies. Like you get more money by switching to a company. Cause they're like, aha, we can get that person who's very skilled and has five years. And like, hmm. you know, uh, so like, yeah, have a, uh, so people don't have uh, loyalty to corporations. You can play a player character who works for evil company. And then like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. No, blow up their lab. It's on my department. I don't give a shit. You know. <laughs> Actually, uh, something else from the the game just uh, popped in my head that mm-hmm. that could be a good way of introducing players to this, um, to what whatever uh, organization you've designed, uh, which was uh, job fair. <laughs> like instead oh, yeah. of having the players meet in an inn, have the player like open with like role playing your 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 the job Pentex fair job fair yeah yeah the, your job fair interview that got you involved in this company or on their radar mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that. That, could, that could be a fun That's twist a on just like setting a tone. Yeah, you could have the job fair that goes wrong, obviously, you know. <laughs> or uh, goes horribly right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, another sort of trope is the sort of, you know, like I mentioned, the labs, obviously, the experiment that goes wrong. <laughs> um, and bad things happen. And, uh, you know, a lot of player character types are like, I escaped from the evil lab and I have weird powers now and they are hunting me. Uh, so They do do that. Yeah, they do do that. So, I mean that that's a that's a that obviously perfectly playable uh, uh, archetype. But um, think about who's hunting you and why. Uh, like, what their actual motivation are they? Are they hunting you to to kill you just to get rid of any evidence of their wrongdoing? You know, cover their own ass. Are they trying to extract you or are they trying to recruit you? Trying to get like, no, 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 please come with us. We want to give you. a Or job. is it just that one guy again who really wants to to assassinate people? Yeah, because we also talked about like people abusing their authority, like Darling yeah. hoarded knowledge and like kept people out of the loop. So like maybe there is somebody in a, a an executive or a manager who's like just got a vendetta against you. And so mm-hmm. like you could actually as a player character, maybe realize, oh, you know what? I just need to find the right person at the company to talk to. Like I need to find their HR department to be like, you know, Steve, the executive is trying to have me assassinated. It's like, oh, yeah. What just because you're a escape, lab escape? Oh, we have so many of those. That's not right. Uh, yeah, please. yeah. Or, or yeah. even um, like one of the things that they can can make you know the, these bureaucratic mm-hmm. organizations threatening is that it, you know retaliating against the person who's after you can be a, a big risk because you know the company I may be on you. But if your players discover that this person is doing this off the books. Like if, if through research or through investigation or through uh, like, you know, whatever your your game scenario is, is doing, like that can show that, oh, this person does not have the protection that I thought they did. And that that can allow yeah, you to just murder hobo your way mm-hmm. through the problem if you discover that that's an option like that. Yeah. So um, some fun obfuscation to, to play with. there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so try and think about like trying if you're, if you're doing some character who has this sort this dark past linked to a corporation, kind of do some work 
as a player uh, to build up the backstory of this corporation, at least sort of the dynamics of the department that made you. Maybe not the entire corporation, but like the evil R and D department that that made you. Um, that helps your GM. You know, it's a, you remember role playing is a collaborative thing. You're telling a story together, and so if you like, here's how this department works, and here's why they made me, and here's um, well, why they're hunting me, and uh, so you take it from there, and then the play, the you know, the GM can like work something out and then that gives the gm a lot more like hooks a lot more tools to make a satisfying story because like you don't want to do the thing where like the the players hounded forever and forever and forever and it's just like there's never in or the players have to like destroy assassinate the ceo and like you know reveal everything to the public in order to stop the corporation maybe there's some place in the middle or you know maybe you want to go that revolution i don't know there could also be like a just a a misunderstanding or miscommunication in certain ways like the player could uh believe they're being hunted for one reason but the actual reason they're being hunted is something else like it could be you know oh they're they're trying to to kill me because of whatever and uh, the actual thing is that the company just thinks that you stole something yeah um yeah it's actually but it's actually a paperwork error Yeah, yeah, no, you you escape from the lab, and the and the, the corporation thinks uh, you think they're doing that because you're you know this lab you survived their their weird experiment got weird powers, hmm. and they want to dissect you because you have your weird powers. But no, they thought you were like working for another company and like uh, uh, stole. You're the one. Who <laughs> they didn't even know you were. A, yeah, they did, they might not know you're a successful experiment. They could have just thought, oh, it's a corporate espionage. Well, like maybe the lab results were lost. They just saw you leave, and they're like, it's that guy. See, that's what happens when you don't have multiple copies of the paper. Work. That's <laughs> uh, again another like inefficiency uh in the the bureaucracy um yeah, like what what can a bureaucracy accidentally swallow up that could cause interesting problems for uh, a story mm-hmm. um but yeah i i think yeah evil organizations and exploring them evil corporations and bureaucracies are interesting uh and certainly like resonate with us because we're surrounded by bureaucracy <laughs> and uh because we are caught in a spider web of r- power relations that we can't really control Hooray! yeah exactly uh so you should definitely talk about them um and definitely put them in your games but like like think about how they work in the reality and kind of model that a little bit in your game uh because that'll make it m- resonate more with your players it'll be more satisfying if it's not like Co- if it's not Cobra Commander, if you're going for like a nuanced yeah. game, if you're trying to go try and make it more like Control, unless like you know like uh, a Skeletor, uh, I guess is my major point. Yeah. <laughs> the work chart for Skeletor, Skeletor at the top, Skeletor at the, at the top, bottom. and then the word peons scrawled in barely <laughs> legible, uh, not even ink, just like yeah. scratches with his staff. Yeah, Cobra had a better org chart than that. I mean, you know, commit, yeah, like, Destro's up there somewhere, or did he work for Cobra? Was I he think an independent Se- Serpentor is above it. Like, yeah, like even uh, yeah. I, I mean, Serpent. Yeah, hmm. I'm sure there's some GI Joe fans will tell us. Uh, <laughs> Pay into the Patreon to make us make a Cobra organizational chart. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, that's hard. I'm sure that's on a fan. <laughs> that sounds like work. I'm not doing yeah. it. <laughs> uh so yeah i think uh any final thoughts that uh i don't know like to me a lot of it just comes back to the those sort of simple questions of like the connections between uh both the de- like departments and characters within those departments mm-hmm. uh, as well as just uh the consequences of how the bureaucracy works okay. and i think mm-hmm. like like you said the, the i think one of the big things we sort of kept coming back to is that that opportunity to go beyond what would happen in a comic book or what would happen in a movie or what would happen in a game that wants to keep these things rooted to reality instead of like collaboratively exploring what could happen if these things kept going 
Mm -hmm. uh, which is something RPGs can uniquely do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, very good discussion. Um, So when we get back, we'll have shout outs and an anecdote. Woo! And we're back. And, hey! Uh, <laughs> yay! It's your mate, Dark. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've done shout outs. And, well, I mean, the last episode was basically nothing but shout outs. But, uh, you know, Gen I mean, that's, that's sort of the post Gen Con run, isn't it? Just shouting into the void. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first off, I would like to mention a novel I mentioned uh, actually in our uh, Questing for Answers Patreon exclusive podcast recently, but uh, I want to mention it again uh, The Ballad of Black Tom. Uh, which is a novella, um, which uh, is about the. It, it takes the Lovecraft story, the horror of Red Hook, and sort of recasts it uh, from the perspective of an Afri- African American character in it. Uh, and it's basically about institutional racism is so bad, uh, people and just racism is so bad that some people are like, yeah, no, I'd rather just fucking kill everybody by summoning Cthulhu. Uh, ah, oh, I um, like that. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's an elegant novel. It's very well written. Um, I quite enjoy it. And like you're like, yeah, no, I can see why. Yeah, you, you mm, yep. So uh, uh, it, I believe it's written by Victor Laval, uh, who also wrote the Big Machine, which Greg Stolze called the very unknown armies novel. Which I, mm-hmm. I I did read the Big Machine. Yeah, I agree. It's a very unknown thing. So uh, it's very uh, well written. Yeah, I. I already mentioned that, but yeah, it's great. Uh, if you like Lovecraftian fiction for there is this sort of this movement of sort of reclaiming Lovecraftian cosmic horror for, to make it not racist, you know, to make it like explore racism and colonialism. Yeah. There was, uh, actually that reminds me of a, um, are you talking about Lovecraft country? No, no, it wasn't that there was a a short story collection that came out, uh, a while ago. Oh, it's called she walks in shadows Mm. and it, it's, uh, a, collection of short uh lovecraftian horror stories uh by women and mm-hmm. about women Interesting. Uh, which i i remember like it has a uh, i i i hadn't thought of it until you you brought that up because it's it's a few years old now but i i remember really enjoying it um, I, wanna, I think maybe we actually did review that on the podcast i'm not sure i'd have to look yeah. it up but uh we Even did so, review. it's it is it is one that i very much enjoyed uh if you if you have not checked it out it's uh, yeah it's cool. uh i definitely quite enjoy it uh thad what is your first shout out uh, my first shout out is going to be to uh, a a game that I'm I'm not very far into, unlike Control, which I have uh, completed recently. But uh, Astral Chain for the Nintendo Switch, I am uh, only a little ways in, but it is already a, a ridiculous uh, amount of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's platinum games, uh, very very like uh, Evangelion sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Evangelion. I always forget how it's actually pronounced correctly because. Uh, I, have, uh, I only ever remember it from when I read about it in anime forms when I was ten. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's very much got that vibe of like oh we're the the most of humanity has been destroyed in a cataclysm and we have to use these creature things to fight other creature things. It's it's like weird astral Pokemon Ava thing. I don't know, uh, but it's it's ridiculous and uh, I I am enjoying it so far. In that it looks like there's a lot of uh, not it, in some ways it, it reflects some of the things we've talked about here today because uh, since it is Japanese police mm-hmm. since it's anime you're also doing some like day to day like 
more more wholesome, like wandering around, uh, yeah. helping out in neighborhoods and stuff. Like, and also interdimensional monster murder. Yeah, uh, which no, is, uh, seems like a lot of fun, and I, I'm liking it so far. It's it's got some style. Nice. It is anime uh, as hell, though. Like, so if you're not yeah, in yeah. for that, you will lose patience quickly. <laughs> well, it's also a Platinum Games game, so if you don't yeah. know about those games, they're 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 not quite Dark Souls in terms of get good, but get good. Oh no, this one actually has a uh, a mode that's like, eh. If you're here for the story, this is the mode for you. Which uh, oh, okay, well that's nice. Yeah, it's, it seems like a nice. Bayonetta uh, actually nice was. Yeah, Bayonetta wasn't too bad, but like. So Ninja God in Black, for example, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> different, different uh, thing. Get good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So my next shout out is a movie uh, called The Hitcher. Uh, this is Rutger Howard, one of Rutger Howard's most iconic roles. Uh, Nineteen eighty-six. It was actually put out by Canon Films, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, but it's, I, it's uh, probably oof. the best movie I've ever seen put out by Canon Films because it's a legit great <laughs> horror that, movie. Uh, that is, that's not necessarily a compliment. <laughs> No, no, it's like it doesn't deserve it's, to be. It's canon. a good movie that happens to have been put yeah. out by Canon Films. I would somehow. say it's even a great horror movie because it's it's kind of got this occult angle to it. It's never explicitly supernatural, but there's just this weird unknown armies kind of vibe to it mm. where things are just like it's haunted. Like um, it's about this guy out in the desert driving uh, on his way to California. He's in Texas. And then like. You know, it's at night, it's rainy, he picks up Hitchhiker, Rudger Hauer. And then, like, then we're in the first, like, 10 minutes, shit is hitting the fan. Like, things mm. get real. And, um, but the thing is, it it has this thing, like, it's not just the desert. It's, like, the gas station is abandoned. Like, there, there's just these sweeping shots of cars racing through the desert, um, of just the wastelands uh, of the Barrens. And uh, the, the Rudger Hauer, as the Hitcher, he, I mean incredibly charismatic actor you know the incredible presence oh yeah and he uh is just not it's not like he's just trying he's not trying to kill the main character <laughs> it, he's like toying with them like and in a way that feels real like the dude is like Rutger howard is fucking crazy but he's just like god he, he in the first yeah uh, i'm gonna, I'm gonna describe him as magnetic i think yeah. is a, a good like, way to it's just, yeah, it's compelling. You go to watch him every second he's on the screen. And like, there's, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very silent movie in some place. Another place that has a great sort of synth wave or very mm. much an inspiration for synth wave soundtrack. Uh, and what? yeah. And, uh, I quite enjoyed it. It is that I can't believe I hadn't, it, uh, it took me, uh, uh, you know, rest in peace, Riker Hauer. I can't mm. believe I had to wait until your death to go and see it. Uh, but yeah, go and see or like forget, get it on Blu-ray. Yeah, or I somehow yeah. didn't see the man who fell to earth until uh, not long after David Bowie died. Which is oh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, you have another shadow. I do. Actually, I'm, I, I, I'm going to sub out for something else that popped in my head because uh, mm-hmm. because this one was one inspired mm-hmm. by you uh, because you mentioned the trailer for The Wind uh, not that long ago. Uh, which is oh yeah a, i need uh, to watch that yeah it, yeah i watched it like the the I, I watched that trailer when you posted about it on twitter mm-hmm. uh at ross payton uh and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm helping the brand ross i know uh it, it is a it is a like uh I, it's a western horror sort of thing it is it is one of the most intense and strange and like transfixing horror movies i've seen since the witch uh, mm-hmm. Which I think is a good comparison to it, but it, it's, it's kind not, of the folk horror genre. Yeah, right? it's folk horror, but instead, but like in but the, the prairie, the sort of, not yeah, the, the prairie, not and it's very, 
Yeah, it's it's got a it's the use of sound is excellent, which mm-hmm. I mean, being named after wind makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I was really glad that you had because I I noticed that it, it had come out like last year sometime when you posted the trailer. I was like, oh, I'm going to look into that. And I was, uh, well, that was watched it and then yeah. just, whoa, <laughs> tense and <Yeah>. nuts. <laughs> um, I posted the trailer the day I found it. And I'm like, mm. oh, wow, this is really cool because um, I think I found out about it. And uh, that was the same day uh, Chris Spivy from um, Darker Hue Studios uh, basically was uh talking about hey what are your favorite western horror movies and i'm mm. like hmm, i wonder if there's anything new and like i found i stumbled on the wind when i was looking up western horror movies yeah um to try and give them some recommendations and uh yeah it, i mean technically it doesn't seem like it's actually like it's not a, like a western western they're not like it's cowboys not what we, per se. yeah it's not what we think of as a western but i i like the like it, it's a, an approach to it that is Im- like a world that is implied in Westerns, but is not following the exciting cowboy people is instead like out here in an isolated prairie with a couple of like a husband, like a a husband and wife pair and another husband and wife pair. And that's mostly it. And -hmm. it's just like isolation and Mm -hmm. uh, growing terror. It's also very like non linearly uh, played out. So Mm -hmm. there's a, I, I need to watch it again, actually, because it's still con- I, I'm still not 100 percent sure what happened, but in a good way. Ooh, nice. Nice. Um, cool. My next one is actually uh, also a movie. Uh, the Dead Don't Die. Uh, Jim Jarmusch, Jim Jarmushing as uh, hard I, as he I, can. I love when he does that. Uh, it's an ensemble cast uh, led by Bill Murray and Adam Driver as cops in a small town as zombies attack. Zombies, uh, you say zombies. Uh, but I mean, star studded cast. Uh, some of them are just for a few scenes, like Selena Gomez, but they have like uh, Tilda Swinton. Uh, let's see here. God, a bunch of people. Um, and uh, uh, Steve Buscemi. Um, just, you know, and they're just being small town people. And as zombies start rising up. Oh, Tom Waits is in it, of course. Uh, oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. And it's if you like Jim Jarrett movies, you'll oh, like the is Dead that Don't Iggy Die. Pop. Oh, my God. I need to yeah. see this. Yeah, it's, it's star-studded cast. I said star-studded. Uh, and you were not. I mean, I knew some of this, but I, I like I just opened the Wikipedia page, and it's like I'm drowning in recognizable mm-hmm. names. And uh, you know, I feel like Jim Jarmusch does what Adam Sandler does, which is like grift film production companies for money so he can like pay his friends and like uh, make it's a shit. I mean, Adam Sandler makes a shitty movie, but like, yeah, it's just that Jim Jarmusch knows better people and yeah, doesn't and he, suck. Well, he's also a good filmmaker, so he makes a good movie. It's <laughs> right. just very idiosyncratic and very, very much like only he could make. And then yeah. uh, he just hangs out with his friends out in a small uptown New York, you know, for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever. And then a, a movie falls out. A movie falls out. Everyone gets paid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's very interesting. It's definitely a movie I'll watch again at some point. I need to watch Coffee and Cigarettes again, though, first. I think. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, I think the, the movie of his I've seen the most is, uh, I think, Only Lovers Left Alive. Because mm, yeah. uh, Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston just mm-hmm. uh, vamping at each other in multiple senses of the word is uh, just excellent. Yeah, I know uh, Caleb's is uh, Ghost Dog. That's the one he's seen the most. 
uh, which is very on brand. Uh, I believe for you mean Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai. Oh, Ross? sorry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, do you have any more shoutouts? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have one more, um, which I, I thought of because in in a, another podcast that you work mm-hmm. on, uh, the Mixed Six, Spencer <laughs> recently said that he he was putting a moratorium on uh, on anime recommendations. Mm-hmm. So too bad for him and that podcast. My he anime recommendation. Yeah, my anime recommendation will go to the fine fans of role-playing public radio. Uh, and it is Mob Psycho 100, which is legitimately one of my favorite television shows. Like, mm-hmm. it's it has broken the favorite anime line and is up there with, like, the, you know, just things that I enjoy outside of the, the restrictions of genre. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's by the the uh, same uh, the it's based on a manga by this by one the the same creator as One Punch Man mm-hmm. and it has that same sensibility of taking weird supernatural stuff and mashing it into the mundane which I feel is also a pretty good fit with uh, with today's topic it has there is a secret organization that comes up but it is dealt with uh, in a, a more of a sideways way uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is very much just about like gr- it it is one of my favorite shows about growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just very charming and fun and sometimes action packed and sometimes heartwarming. It's a it's a it's a great little program. There are two seasons of it. Uh, it's on Crunchyroll and also available in your local retailers. <laughs> yeah, I watched the first episode and then like nothing else. That was when the first episode just came out, and so mm. then so now uh, now I need to come <laughs> catch up and like watch the rest of it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, highly, highly recommend. Uh, yeah. I actually just shouted it, shouted out about it on the Role Playing Public Radio podcast. Ooh. Uh, yeah, weird. Uh, so the uh, so that's it for shoutouts. Uh, yes. But we do. I do have an anecdote. So um, I have started an Eclipse Phase campaign. Um, the eighth. I feel seat. excluded and heartbroken. Well, that's because you aren't here. And <laughs> yeah, boo. Well, if you were here, that that you would definitely be in the, uh, the campaign, but. Um, so it's a criminal boat campaign. Uh, I'm not even involving firewall unless the players really fuck up. I guess that makes me so happy. Yeah. I, I mean, not that I don't love the firewall setup, but like, there's so much, like I've just been pouring up yeah. like back and forth through stuff in the, mm-hmm. the second edition book. And there's so much to play with. Oh yeah, no, there is. We're really getting uh, into it. So, uh, the players are the eighth C a new, they basically, Hey gang, let, Hey guys, let's start a gang. And like <laughs> they, 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 they made their own little criminal syndicate and the eighth C is the sushi restaurant. They have a front as a front in new Shanghai, the uh, biggest city on Mars. Uh, and Tom is an octo. Well, he's a human in an octomorph, uh, sushi chef. So, because there it's Tom and, but, um, so what part is one job? Uh, they're, they're going to take out these safe houses that are operated by rival cartel. They've been hired to take out these safe. One of these safe houses is a warehouse. Hmm. Uh, and they know they, they, they take a job with that cartel. Uh, saying, Hey, we'll help you smuggle some Titan artifacts into the warehouse. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. And so they go outside of the city. This is a different city, not new Shanghai, but Olympus. Um, and it's a shitty, it's like a crime ridden poor city with a bunch and it, you know, because it's next to the orbital elevator. And so basically it's like a port city, but the port mm. is the orbital elevator. And so, uh, they meet the zone stalkers who have the artifact. The artifact is like the size of a coffin and it's like a, you know, just a big box. Uh, but they're like, uh, oh, you guys didn't bring a vehicle big enough for all of us. You just brought a fucking civilian car. So <laughs> we'll have to go back and get the Rover. Um, and, okay, so one of us will run out to get the rover and we'll just wait here with the box. And so, like, it takes the guy, like, an hour to get back. 
So I just, so I'm like, yep. I just, I just like. So you trapped them there with a, a Titan artifact. Yeah. And of course. So weird shit started happening. And the players are like, uh, wait, why can't we talk to you? Well, we can't get really far radio signals out here because, you know, we're near Titan quarantine zone. Signals are weird. Uh, I was like, no, I want you to get them now. Like, well, he's out there. I want you to contact. I can't. Like, we're just going to have to wait. <laughs> and so some players were really not happy about that. Uh, and when the box started talking to them, they were like, nope, not listening. Not listening. Uh, I mean, who did the box side with, though? The what? <laughs> who did the box side with? What did the box think is Oh, the box was just saying hello. It was literally just oh. like, hello, I'm hello, here. I'm a box. Who are you? <laughs> you know, and it's just, <laughs> I just doing a neutral voice for it. And players were like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh! I crit succeed on my perception trick. Oh, yeah, the keypad on the side of the box moved by two millimeters. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yep. You're um, an evil. You're you're evil. <laughs> yeah, like nothing overt happened. It's just weird. And like, when the thing is, the great part was the other stalker came back. It's mm-hmm. like the, the box is acting weird. What do we do? What are you? Oh, well, yeah, because the, bo- the 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 zone stalker who left, the NPC who left, was the only one who knew knew how the stuff worked. None of the players had any Titan artifact skills or knowledges or anything. Ah. So they didn't know shit why would they? They're they're starting they're, a little criminal cartel. They're yeah, they're a exactly. mom and pop shop. <laughs> yeah. And uh so in order to like get the artifact from being weird, the zone stalker takes off his uh glove and puts his hand on it. And cool. it's like, okay, we're good. And so the player's like, wait, what? What did you do? Why did that work? He's like, by the way, one of you knows about asyncs because he is an async, but the rest of you are like, what the fuck was that? And so like uh yeah. It was it was oh. a great little moment because everyone was like, nope, 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 nope. Oh, and they that's just couldn't great. do anything about it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, oh, and also I'll give people a little, uh, um, a little teaser about this campaign. I'm adding some new house rules for the campaign. Ooh. Um, so there, I'm actually having eight players in this, two groups. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're all members of the same cartel. Uh, and um, they're, they're, they have rules where they have to establish connections with each other um, mm. in order, like, why would you trust each other to be in you know criminal fucking conspiracy? Mm. Uh, but the other rule is uh, at the end of the first adventure, spoiler alert for the first adventure, um, somebody found uh, the, 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 the 8C restaurant has its own AI that runs the building, you know, mm. you know runs all the little Roomba bots to repair, you know, keep everything. Yeah, as, as one does in the future. Uh, yeah. And it's so it's basically like a muse, but for the building. And it said, um, excuse me, uh, since all of you have admin accents to hear you, uh, someone, uh, when we were, when you were celebrating your first successful job and you, everything was locked down, um, there was a break in the security footage. Uh, and, uh, I noticed a bug this morning when I did my security sweep, someone, one of you planted a bug in here, a surveillance Uh-oh. device. And so... I'm adding this new mechanic called suspicion. Oh, uh, no. And so the players, uh, any, this is the clip phase. You can be a traitor and not know it. You could be total recalled. Oh no. Yeah. Psychosurgery, uh, oh. edited forks, all kinds of weird shit could, uh, control you. That's and, fun. Oh, and so I like that. Basically every players have a choice, whether they, every player has a certain amount of suspicion that's inherent. Like, and you're basically at a certain point in the campaign, I'm going to make a role to determine uh, who is the traitor. And that's based on the total accumulated suspicion you've gotten over all these adventures and everyone, nobody oh, can so have at this a, point. A even you don't know who the traitor is. 
Well, maybe I do. Maybe this is all just the illusion of free oh, will. You, uh, okay. Ostensibly, I, I don't know. It it will be random. As far as we know. As far as we know. Uh, so everyone has a certain amount of suspicion, but every at the beginning of each uh, adventure, the players can choose to act more suspiciously or less suspiciously. And uh, that will increase or like sort of help set how much suspicion they have. And then all the other players will tell, oh, this person's very squeaky clean. He's being very, not very suspicious at all. This person's acting kind of suspicious. This person being very suspicious. That's mm-hmm. all the players know about. And that's public information. All the players know about everyone um, at the end of each. And they can, sp- the thing is they can, so they have a number, but they don't know exactly what it is mm-hmm. um, at the, during the adventure, they actually spin suspicion like a, pool point like a moxie point or something to mm. gain certain benefits uh and i have little but it makes you that, more suspicious or well, makes you like, look more suspicious well you have to set your suspicion at the beginning of the adventure and then you can spend it during the oh adventure. okay i see yeah, yeah yeah so but then the other thing is if you have suspicion left over at the end of the adventure you can spend it to fulfill a secret agenda uh because the secret agenda is could be like hunting for for example who is the real traitor hmm so, uh, or maybe you just want to set up a side business and like make money on your own. <laughs> yeah, you want to do this. So, like, not, everyone's going to do this uh, cartel thing forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone, not everyone is uh, uh, perfectly like you theoretically could be Panopticon by your own cartel, by your own PCs, but everyone chooses to go into private mode at certain times because, mm. like, there's also this whole thing is like if you are constantly surveilling all your other cartel members, then if any one of you gets caught, all of you get caught. So, mm. like, uh, you kind of kind of have to compartmentalize to a degree. So everyone's so like, but that time in which you're hiding from everybody else, you're doing shit on your own that nobody else knows about. You could be betraying the group. So you're so, uh, so you're just planting seeds of paranoia in every direction. Yeah, basically, it's uh, we'll I see. I mean, yeah, these are new mechanics. I just made them up, so we'll see. We'll see how it works. Uh, but that's sort of the idea. Is you know, one of you is a traitor. Will you find out before it's too late? Nice. Yeah. So um, also we're doing, uh, I'm taking score rules from red markets and adapting them for Eclipse Phase. Ooh. Um, so like players are going to make up their own jobs to do. So Nice. Yep. So that'll be fun. Uh, and yeah, so that's sort of a little teaser about uh, the 8C, uh, which is coming to RPPR this fall or winter, depending on how quickly I get this recorded. So. Uh, qu- qu- quarter four, uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, something <laughs> like that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's it. Um, but yeah, that has been, uh, episode, uh, 170, uh, in human resources. I'm Ross Payton. Uh, this is Thad. Uh, Hi. And, bye. And again, uh, I am at Ross Payton on Twitter and you are at Thaddeus strange or yes. Thad strange. Thaddeus strange. Thaddeus strange mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, and don't forget, uh, we are on patreon.com slash RPPR rppr uh we are uh, also please rate it rate and review us on itunes or your podcasting app of choice and uh spread the word about our spread our gospel <laughs> uh thank you all so much for listening uh be sure to if you have any questions ask them on our site or join our discord through the patreon and uh chat with us there so uh anyways thanks everybody bye, bye.